this week, Jesus invites all of us to come along with him as he takes us on a closer look of who we are. But first, think for a moment of what your most valuable asset might be. How would you answer that question? Maybe it's what you have. Maybe it's money in the bank, uh, the money a part of your portfolio. Maybe it's your house or where you live or the property that you have. Maybe it's the things that you have, um, something that you've collected along the way. Um, sometimes things are, are items that can, a monetary value can be put upon, and then sometimes they're sentimental in nature. Um, reflections of memory shared over the years. So what is it that you would most want to pass on to those you love? What's your most valuable asset? We'll come back to that. First, we have to catch up with Jesus and what he has been doing. The last few weeks, it is the last week of his life. We are with Jesus in Jerusalem, and he packs a lot into these final days. And he doesn't try to please all of the groups who have come to dislike him. He simply remains true to who he is and from where he has come. He keeps on working toward his mission to teach people about God and God's ways. And one group after another is trying to trap Jesus, trying to trick him, trying to make him look bad, trying to find any way that they can to get him into trouble with the authorities. And yet he keeps on being true to who he is. This week, it's the Pharisees, the religious lay leaders of Jesus's day, who are, are so tied to the traditions and to their interpretation of the scriptures that they have a really hard time listening to Jesus and to this, this new way that he talks about and the way that he's sort of turning their faith upside down. And then, they, get, they partner with the Herodians, these people who are sort of puppets for King Herod, the Roman king at that time, who couldn't be further um, ideologically or politically um, different from one another, but because they have this common dislike of Jesus, it brings them together. And so the two conspire against Jesus in a, a way that they think they have got Jesus. And so in the most insincere of all ways, they heap all this praise on Jesus about how he is so sincere and how he speaks the truth and, and all of the things that they aren't. And they ask their question of Jesus thinking that they have got him, no matter how he answers. And yet Jesus so skillfully 
turns it around on them by asking them for a coin. Notice that Jesus doesn't seem to have a coin in his own pocket. And so the Pharisees immediately provide one for him, pulling it out of their pockets. And notice too where they are. They are in the temple, the very holy place of God, where people were to worship God, to offer, bring offerings to the Lord. And so here in their pockets, they produce this, this coin, this denarius, maybe similar to the one on your screen right now. And what does it have on it? It has an image of the emperor, of the emperor Tiberius. And the words, the inscription along the edge of the coin says, son of God. On the back of the coin is this woman who is given the title high priest, a term that would later be ascribed to Jesus. Here they are in the temple of God, breaking the very first commandment of God to have no other gods before the Lord God. Breaking the commandment to have no other images. And so Jesus, Jesus knows though that he can't just tell people that they aren't supposed to pay their taxes because he knows that he will face the consequences of the Romans. And so Jesus simply points to the emperor's head on that coin and says, give to the emperors the things that are the emperors and give to God the things that are God's. And of course, Jesus, as well as everybody in the circle that day knew that everything that we have, our very lives belong to God. The God who created us, the God who loves us, the God who forgives us. All of life eventually returns to God. Regarding the taxes that are due the emperor, notice that they are imposed on people. They are things that come due in people's lives. They are like a bill that people are obligated to pay. To God, maker of all things, who gives us all that we have, to whom we belong. We also recognize how God loves us and cares for us and protects us and forgives us. And when someone recognizes to whom they belong, who has treated them in such a way, what's the response? They want to show them love and gratitude in return for all that they have received. It's like a child who, when they're little, wants to become like their mom or their dad because they so love them and they want to be like them in every way possible. Or it's like a person who is so eager to share of their time or of their, their financial talents when they find a place of belonging in their lives. So what do you think Jesus might be saying to us today? As you know, 
taxes are still a hot button issue. They're always too high in people's minds. And whenever we face something really difficult, really painful, challenging, it's so, so easy for all of us to start to question how our tax dollars are being used. When in reality, those might be the very situations when more is needed of us to create the kind of reality that we so want to see and long for. This gets us back to your greatest asset. Okay, to be perfectly honest with you, it was a trick question, totally meant to trap you. Because when we hear that question, we might tend to think in terms of material wealth in the material things that we have that we can somehow pass on to people after we're gone. But really what's most important is not the things that we can pass on just once. It's the things that we can pass on each and every day in every moment that God gives us opportunity. Not all that unlike the time that Jesus lived. You and I are part of something that we might not always agree with at times. Not like an emperor in, or an empire in Jesus's day with an emperor, but we live in a democracy where we still have images and inscriptions on our currency and where we still have to pay taxes money that is needed from us to help support the world that we live in. But first and foremost, we can't lose sight of who we are and to whom we belong. And we can't lose sight that our most valuable assets are the things that we can use and we can share each and every so what is your most valuable asset? What's your most valuable asset of who you are? Maybe it's your ability to listen or your ability to spread joy or problem solve or generosity of heart or a thousand other things that make you the unique and special created person that you are the gifts that we all are capable of sharing in spite of the broken world that we live in and that are so needed, especially when we add them to the gifts of others in the prayerful hope that we can make this world a little closer to the vision of God's kingdom. What's your most valuable asset? Be focused and how it is that you can share of those things with the people around you, with the world around you. And don't let anyone trap you into thinking that those things are of no value. Share them as often as you are able to with great love and gratitude for the one to whom you belong and the one who loved you first. Amen. <laughs>